Welcome to the First Intuition Student Forum podcast. On this episode, we're joined by fellow tutor Aaron. We talk about things that maybe could go wrong during your exam, hopefully giving reassurance that you can overcome these and succeed with your studies. As always, we recorded the session in front of a live Zoom audience, and if you'd like to join us for a future session, you can register for them. We've put a link in our show notes. Hello, welcome to another episode of the First Intuition Student Forum and Podcast. My name is Ben Bullman. I'm joined again this evening by fellow tutor, director and a good mate of mine, Dave Malthouse. Good evening, Dave. Evening, Ben. How's this week been for you? Um, this week's going really well. I am up in Norwich again. Regular listeners will know occasionally I go up to Norwich to do a bit of teaching. I've been up here for a couple of days this week. Um, big shout out to anyone listening to this who was in my ACCA performance management class doing some revision for students ahead of an exam that they've got two weeks today. So really in the final countdown, lots of question practice, lots of exam technique. They're coming in to do a mock exam under time conditions on Monday. So still, hopefully with over a week to go to learn from any mistakes and any feedback there. But I've been having a whale of a time. So management accounting day, bit of variance analysis today. So staying away from audit and doing some real accounting there. Well done, Ben. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, our guest this evening, Aaron, has, has massively taken over um, as, as the audit teacher in, in the Cambridge Centre. And so my audit days are numbered because Aaron does a much better job than I would have ever done in front of an audit class. But I still love audit. It is still my first passion. How's your week going, Dave? Have you been in the classroom this week? I spent uh, today. I was in uh, St Neots, so up in up in your neck of the woods, um, for a NHS finance conference. So there are about I think just under two hundred finance professionals from the east of England who work within the NHS, and um, they they came. We had a stand there because we we train a lot of people in the NHS, and um, I, I had a. a Blood of people that came to visit me then and do you know that they came to, to say hello and to ask if Ben was coming and say oh yeah I know Ben oh yeah we have Ben Ben taught me oh I talk to Ben all the time um and yeah they, all they wanted to know is where the the celebrity Ben Bullman was um so I had to say that you were teaching and unfortunately you couldn't make it um, but you sent your best wishes. But I, I almost felt like I should have had some kind of video of you thanking them for being there and apologising um, because you had to teach in Norwich. So um, yeah, that, that was that was really good. And on Monday, I um, went down to see our lovely colleagues in the office in London. So I was at First Intuition London, um, where they've finished their redecorating so if anyone is in the FI um, London office they've had fresh paint for um, quite some time but now the air conditioning has been fully serviced and is fully functional um, so you don't need to wear a coat if you're in the rooms upstairs where you could see your breath a few weeks ago so um, everything's back up and running there just in time for revision classes for ACCO and ICW. Brilliant. Um, I had a trip down to London a few weeks ago and the air conditioning was still broken at that point. So people were literally sitting in the office wearing bobble hats and, as you say, big puffer jackets. Um, I think we're having a trip down um, at the start of March for our next visit. It's quite nice to go down to London from time to time. They've got a nice centre there um, and a lovely workspace. So if you're a, a student listening to this who usually studies in London, um, if you ever see me and Dave walking in the corridor, or in those lovely coffee machines that they've got in the, the, the front big lobby area, um, please come up and say hello to us. 
We've got a guest tonight, though. I did just mention him, but I will introduce him formally. He is a friend of the podcast. He is a returning um, guest, which is always good. Good that he wanted to come back. Um, and certainly we are very happy to have him back. Good evening, Aaron Westgate. How are you? Evening, evening. Yes, very well, thank you. Um, I'm a little bit out of sync because I taught on Sunday this week. So I, I, I keep thinking it's a Thursday. And so I'm really out of sync. But uh, yeah, feeling productive that I've done however many, four days already of this week. And yeah, it's still a Wednesday. How was class on a Sunday? Were the students happy to be be studying on the weekend? I, I always find that actually students on a weekend seem to have a bit more um, buzz about them. I don't know whether they get that little buzz from teaching on a weekend, but I always get a little bit of a buzz of thinking, oh, actually, I feel really productive today. And actually, they, they seem to be really happy um, being in on a Sunday. So it's always nice. Good. And, and less work distractions, I guess, studying at a weekend. You're not kind of constantly checking work emails or worrying if any stuff's going on behind the scenes that you're not aware of because you're you're studying. So maybe a, a nicer headspace to be in with a bit of study. And you didn't yeah, expect them in on the Saturday as well. So at least they had one day of their weekend to do some, <laughs> some stuff. I was going to say fun stuff, implying that teaching them SEMA revision is not fun, but I'm sure you made it brilliant fun for them, Aaron. Oh yeah, we I brought in some very hard questions that cause a lot of discussions and debates, which is always is always nice, um, especially if you want the time to go a little bit quicker. So people that have heard Aaron before, or maybe have the pleasure of him being their tutor on a course, know he is one of our brilliant tutors. Um, teaching a range of subjects these days, Aaron, you're really kind of broadening out a bit. It was kind of audit, but you're also touching a lot more now on business strategy. You're doing a lot of the endpoint assessment stuff so that the synoptics and the case studies are real breadth of stuff there. But you yourself are also a qualified accountant. You've been through the, the ringer with the exams yourself. So you've drawn on own experiences there. Um, we thought this evening we would talk about things that can potentially go wrong on the day of your exam. Not to worry you, not to have a sense of paranoia building, and I know people listening to the podcast will be potentially listening to this in the future. Well, certainly they will all be listening to this in the future because we're not going to release it for another few days yet anyway. But if you're listening to this um, just before the exam or you're a student joining us live again this, tonight, we've got a live audience. You might be coming up to an exam in the next couple of weeks as we're recording this. I think we've got a couple of weeks before the March exam sittings for lots of the qualifications. Um, we thought it would be useful to talk about some experiences. Aaron's going to share some of our own experiences, some other things that we've kind of seen happen to students on the day of the exam, just to give you some reassurance, really, to say nothing is ever the end of the world. There is always a way that you can hopefully deal with a challenge. But if you're forearmed with a bit of awareness of what could crop up, I think you can start having a bit of a, a strategy for how you might deal with it. So, so Aaron, Let's let's get you to think about conceivably what are some of the potential problems or hiccups we have faced ourselves or we've heard students face on the day of the exam. Where do you want to start, mate? Yeah, I guess I guess there's there's a kind of few different things you can think about. You can you can keep it general. You can say, well, car breaks down, you know, driving there, train cancellations might happen. Again, not to scare anyone, but um, you could lose your a form of ID a few days before, and then you've kind of got the stuff when you get there, it might be more like, oh, this is, this is not the exam paper I wanted, or 
um, oh, I really didn't want that question to come up. And, and so it's trying to think about how do you prep as much as possible for any of them circumstances? Now you could revise for every hour of the day um, and have everything under the sun, but you know it might not cover every circumstance. So it's, it's just thinking about mentally how you might prepare yourself to deal with some of those scenarios and how you, know, you think back to if you've ever dealt with a stress, you know, how did you deal with it well? And you can kind of generalize that to any of those issues. So, so maybe let's let's break this down. I suppose for me, one of the big frustrations I see with students is the amount of effort students put in to prepare for exams. And I, I genuinely believe our students work their socks off. The revision class I've had today and yesterday are working phenomenally hard, putting in hours, really grinding. One of the big frustrations is if one of those students doesn't actually make it to the exam on the day they need to sit it. So, so let's cover those points first. What are some of the things that might prevent you from actually getting to your exam on time to start it to be there? Because if you're not going to make the exam, you have effectively failed by default. It might go down as a no attend, but it doesn't progress your studies. Um, let's think about those. Well, we, we had um, a few years ago, and this is going back quite some time now, Ben. Um, but I remember it was ACCA exam week. And I was I was in my car driving to Colchester to to meet with a client and I, 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 the traffic wasn't moving because there was a load of snow. And I get the first phone call of the day that came through on my, my Bluetooth handset. So I wasn't like, picking up my phone in the car. And it was from a student saying, I'm on the A12. It's not moving. There's snow everywhere. And my exam's in an hour's time. What do I do? And the only thing I could say is that. Stay in your car, stay calm, get to the exam centre. If you get to the exam centre, go in there. If you, if you arrive, and at the time it was if you arrived within the first hour, they would let you in. So if you arrive within the first hour, they're still going to let you in. They're not going to give you extra time. Okay, So you're going to sit the exam. You're going to do as well as you possibly can in the time that you've got. And the minute you get out of the exam, you are going to raise that as an issue with ACCA. And you are not the only person that's going to be in that situation. The ACCA will check out what was the weather in Chelmsford like, what were the traffic conditions like. And if it's reasonable that you, you were late and you couldn't do the full exam, or you didn't, didn't, didn't have the full time, they will make adjustments for you. And the student did exactly that. So the student went to the exam. They got there just before, you know, I think it was like five minutes before they were slamming the doors shut and they wouldn't be allowed in, did the exam logged it immediately with the ACCA. The ACCA then responded and said, we will take this into consideration when assessing your paper. The student then came back, they ended up getting 60% in the exam. So it was a clear pass, um, but they, they, they kept calm. They did everything they could to get to the exam center. Uh, and you know, that, that, that's you know, all, all we should really be doing. So if we are, you know, our train's running late, our car breaks down, can we get to the exam centre and still get in the room and still attack the exam? If we can, do it. Okay, just keep your head clear. And if you know that there's something that's caused you to be late, log it with the ACCA as soon as you possibly can once you've taken the exam. And, and that's something clearly that is completely unforeseen, unpredictable, was an event that occurred on the day. Yeah. I think students do need to be a bit careful. Um, we're recording this in the, the winter of 2023. I don't quite know what it's going to be called when we look back on this year in future years, but we are at the forefront of lots of, of strike action. 
something like a rail strike, in my view, would not be cause for special consideration because the argument being they are announced in advance. Mm -hmm. They're announced in advance and the ACCA or the ICAW or the exam body that you are appealing to would presumably use the argument, but you knew about that in advance, you should have made alternate arrangements. So I think we've just got to draw the distinction between something that happens on the day that is completely unforeseen and absolutely fine to claim that, go and sit the exam, put in the special consideration, versus something that otherwise you've been a bit lapse in your preparation and could and should have foreseen and worked through an alternative. Um, the, The train being late, that's a frustration. But was there an earlier train that you really should have got that meant you were there with a bit more time to spare? And it's just about that pre-planning, isn't it? That the, the pre-awareness. Dave, you were mentioning some students. And we're not going to go into the details of this particular scenario, but some students that have found out with a, a, a fortnight to go that the venue of their exam is changing. Yeah. I guess if one of those now turns up to the original venue and the exam's not there, they're unlikely to get any special consideration for them being late or not arriving on time to the the real destination because it's been communicated. Um, so the the ACCA have got um they they are within their their right their, their terms and conditions to be able to change the exam sitting. I believe up to twenty four hours before the exam. Now they rarely do that, but they have been doing that with a, a one particular exam centre that's not running exams. So I assume there's a technical issue with the exam centre and they've had to move students elsewhere. Um, now that will automatically be communicated through your ACCA account on your exam docket. So it will say this is where your exam is due to be taken. Um, and they will contact you to say that the exam is going to be at whichever exam centre it is. So it, you know, always check, double check, treble check the, the exam centre. Um, and something that, that you might like, Ben, is um, I was actually a, a student that I always used to like to get early to an exam room, to the exam hall. I used to do my exams in Stevenage. I lived in Cambridge. I always chose to do them in Stevenage because there was a train line that went directly from Cambridge to Stevenage. So I didn't need to worry about traffic. Um, I used to like to get to the exam centre about two hours early. Um, so I would always get there kind of like when the, the invigilators would arrive after I'd arrived to set up the exam hall. Um, but on one particular set of exams, I got to Cambridge Station. I bought my ticket as I normally did from the, from the little machine. And um, there was a big announcement that said that there was a problem with overhead wires. And as a result, trains leaving Cambridge would just be going direct to London and they wouldn't be stopping anywhere in between. And Stevenage, as you know, is between Cambridge and London. I actually went to go and see someone in one of the little offices that were there saying, look, I've got an exam and you know I've arrived here in plenty of time. I've got my ticket. I need to get to Stevenage. In, in a, and you know, when will the next train be stopping Stevenage? And he kind of said, well, I'll, I'll see what we can do. And an announcement came up and said, the next train to London will be stopping at Stevenage only. So they actually made the allowance, but that wouldn't have happened if I'd have left everything to the last minute, would have turned up at the last minute and, you know, and, and hoped that the train was running. So, you know, make sure you're leaving that kind of, you know, that nice time cushion. Because my other option would have been, I could have got a taxi to Stevenage. It would have cost a fortune. I could have probably in that time got a bus or a coach there. So I had plenty of time to be able to do, to, to make alternative arrangements. So, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. With things that, you know, things like, rail incidents and things like that you know as the ac said i think that if you um if it was if it was an accident on a motorway that caused a massive tailback 
that's out of your control. But I think that your train being a bit late, I would argue you could probably have got an earlier train. Um, the other thing that is a frustration is students not reading the exam information that they are provided in advance. Something when I speak to the guys in our offices that are running the AAT exams and they're now running the new Quals 2022 exams, for any student that's done a new Quals 2022 exam, you have to have a login to the new Atlas Cloud exam software. And that is a big frustration for the guys invigilating our exams where a student turns up having not read the email that they've received that says, this is the password you need. Can you test it out in advance? That just causes stress for the student as well as the um, invigilator as well and not conducive with then going in and performing your best. So it's things like that. What ID documents do you need to bring? Have you made sure you've got those correctly um, lined up? Are they available? Do you know where they are? Have you got them out the night before? So you know you're not going to have that distraction and stress on the morning of the exam. All preparation in advance and, and really good preparation in advance can go a long way to hopefully cover off some of those issues. But Aaron, back to you now. What about problems during the exam? And I think you've got personal experience of this, something going unforeseenly wrong during your exam. Yeah, I think, I guess, regardless of almost the nature of whatever the issue is, um, you just want to let someone know as soon as possible. So you, that's probably the invigilator, um, whether you're remote or in centre, you want to let them know ASAP and one of the basically the first question for example for the icaw they say have you told the invigilator if not your your application will be immediately rejected because you haven't told the person on the day you know why would you wait a week to let them know about your software crashing for an hour during the exam you know so there's a kind of common sense that you should let someone who's part of the examining team know as soon as possible um i guess my personal experience we go straight away into that um I, I didn't have to let them know because uh, I was I started feeling unwell during the exam um started getting really hot a little bit lightheaded um and then I did the thing you're not supposed to do which is I got up um and getting up when you're lightheaded means you become even more lightheaded uh, and I went to walk out the back of the exam room and I went straight through the doors passed out straight through the doors so all very dramatic um caused a bit of a bang uh, obviously I hit my head when I hit the door but nothing too bad um and then I woke up uh, on the other side of the door now I didn't have to let them know because there was an invigilator on the other side of the door <laughs> so they caught me um very luckily but um so they knew about it straight away um, but for that you know you you can't you can't plan for that it just it just happens and I, I think it comes back to to Dave and that you need to take the time to think right I need to calm down I need to take a breath uh, for me I was I was really hot so I took a few minutes outside and for those I think it was about at least 15 minutes of the exam if I'd have gone back in straight away I'd have probably had the same issue happen again or been really flustered but instead I took 15 minutes cooled down took some water got my breath and then went back into the exam room um, now it was a four-hour exam so uh, the time available was a was a bit more stretched which was good um, and then I just told them, you know, they came and checked on me every so often. And then post-exam, I submitted a special consideration. Even though they'd already had it logged, it meant that when I submitted my special consideration to say I'd been ill on the day, they'd match that up with their record. And so they could take that into account for my exam. Now, just, that's more just unpicking that a bit, the, 
that the first thing to say is if you've got a problem during the exam, you need to flag it immediately. Um, mm. you, you, you flagged it in the, the most obvious sense by, by keeling over live in front of the invigilator. But if, if you were still sitting there, hand in the air and get their attention as soon as possible. I've been in, as I say, in Norwich today, we've had exams going on. And um, after the, the session, the invigilator came out and said, our student came up to me at the end and said they'd have problems with the software. And we've gone through the process of filling it all out. But she said, why didn't he tell me at the time? Because we could have done something about it potentially, or at least I could have said it was raised during the exam on our official report. Um, I can't encourage students enough to do that. So make the, the grievance aware then, then complete the exam because you've done the job then for the exam. So you went back in, um, you were lucky. Um, I think I've recounted on a previous episode of the podcast that, that my girlfriend then now wife killed over in one of her ACCA exams. And the, but by the time she'd come around, they'd already called an ambulance and she was carted off the hospital. There was no way she was going back in there, but she was still able to file special considerations. She'd still completed enough of the exam that it was a valid attempt. She did actually fail it, but but only by a few marks. And actually, um, if it had happened maybe five minutes later, she probably would have done enough to have passed that exam. Um, but then filling out the paperwork afterwards and not waiting for weeks and weeks and weeks to do it, getting into gear while it's still fresh in your mind with as much evidence as you can remember. Dave, I, I know you've had guidance internally about students kind of being truthful, but putting in as much detail as possible there. Is there anything you would like to reflect on in those special consideration claims? Yeah, the, the thing that I've heard um, from one of the institutes, and I, I'm, I'm assuming if it's true for one, it's true for them all, is that the, the software that you're using can be seen at both ends. So it can be seen from the end that you're inputting, but it can also be seen back at you know, exam central. So if the software fails and you put in something for special consideration, say I attempted the first five questions and then I lost all of it. At the other end, the exam board should be able to see what your activity was. And if you didn't go near question two and three, then instantly they're going to throw out your appeal because you've not been truthful. And um, it, so you need to make sure that you're being truthful in what you're saying. And you know, just you know, you should act as if the, the people can check what your keystrokes are. Um, now, it, you know, I, I'm not convinced they can see exactly your key, what your keystrokes are on the basis that if they can, they could reconstruct your exam if it was lost. And I'm told that they're not able to do that, but they should be able to see your activity um, and if what you're saying is truthful in terms of your efforts in the exam. Excellent. Um, Aaron, can we ask, how did the exam turn out on results day? Well, I was, uh, yeah, I guess I was one of the lucky ones in that because um, I'd gone back in, uh, I actually passed. So, and I passed. Oh, it wasn't it wasn't my highest mark, um, but <laughs> um, yeah, I certainly passed and had a little bit of comfort there, which is you know it's really surprising. You know, you you have to kind of get back, um, re kind of group yourself, see where you were, and then um, yeah, passed. So they, they just said, you know, if you pass your exam, then it's as if you never had the problem um if, if you failed the exam for i know for icaw if you failed it and they thought there was enough consideration they would act as if you'd never taken it uh, that's one of the was well, the main route they go down so it gets wiped from your record 
So Aaron, something you, you said, kind of you, you described, you said that if you'd have gone back into the exam straight away, it wouldn't have been good for you. And it, it, you needed to kind of, you know, get a bit more clarity and clear your mind a little. Now, that, that's something that I've I've heard from students before where they said something went wrong in the exam and that just put me off for the whole exam. So how how do you how would you deal with a situation like that or what what kind of would you advise people to be able to do if they something hits them in the exam how do you get back on track and forget it and move on i think for me i always try to i mean the exam's written by someone else you know it's in their control you know the software's not in your control so even for the exact for the start of the exam everyone gets a little bit worried about what everyone else is doing where they oh, I've seen that person might be flicking to the back and looking at the whole exam this person started at the back should I do that and so people get a little bit worried about what's around them so for me I, I always kind of said look I'm going to stop and just take you know three deep breaths um you know not to make myself pass out again but <laughs> three three deep enough breaths that it's like it's calming and so I did that before I even started my exams I would take a breath while everyone rushed to open their paper back in the day with paper they rushed to open it I would take a breath so I kind of applied the same thing so look, if I rush to get back in then I my brain's going to be scrambling so I just kind of go look even if it takes me 15 seconds just go just to take a second that is much more worth me relaxing my breath and everything like that just to kind of see it as a okay now I'll think about how I'll deal with this rather than the kind of rushed approach yeah, I think I think it's a really tough one, isn't it? But it sounds easier when we talk about it now than I'm sure it is when you're there in the moment. But ultimately, what's happened's happened. You can't go back in time. You can't change it. I know it's fresh. I know it's raw. I guess students go through lots of different emotions, everything from anger, disappointment, all of those things going through your mind. All I can say is if you don't continue with the exam, you're certainly going to miss marks that you would otherwise got. And I think it, it sounds flippant in a way to make the best of a bad situation. But I genuinely believe the students that just kind of grit their teeth and say, this could have been so much better. Can't change it. Worst case scenario, I'm going to fail the exam. But if I walk out and give up now, I've pretty much already failed it anyway. So I might as well try and do the best for what I've got left to do. File the special consideration. The awarding bodies do take them incredibly seriously. They do adjust and they, they do reflect that within the, the grading. So trust in the system is what I would say and have a good go. And mm. worst case scenario, you can always resit the exam. Yeah, you can always resit the exam. Dave, what, what, what's your experience of people that go into that kind of crisis mode? Well, one of the things that you said there that was that people will often feel angry if something goes wrong. And I, I'm one of those people that will often feel angry if something goes wrong. And something that I've kind of taught myself to do is when I feel angry about something, I, I kind of think, well, what is it that I'm angry about? I'm angry that the software has gone wrong. Okay, now, okay, the software has gone wrong. I'm being punished for that. But now that anger, who is actually feeling that anger right now? Okay, is the exam software feeling your anger and your rage? Now, the exam software doesn't feel that. You know, you might be angry at the person that programmed it, that's based in some software house somewhere at the other side of the planet. Do they feel your anger at that point in time? No, they don't. The only person that feels that anger is you. And 
if you allow that anger just to build and build and build and stop you performing the exam, you're being punished twice. You're being punished once because something has happened to you in the exam that shouldn't, but you're also being punished as well because you're allowing yourself to feel that anger when you should be focusing on your exam. So I, I kind of go back to, you know, right, I'm angry, I know I'm angry, but who am I angry at? They don't feel this. You know, that computer programmer is probably sitting on a beach having a pina colada while you're doing an exam. Okay, they don't feel angry at all. They feel happy they got paid for doing a shoddy job of writing the software. Okay, but you don't don't feel that anger yourself, okay, because that's what, as, as you said, you you know you need to try and you know channel it somehow and kind of focus on your exam. Um, you're absolutely right. What's the worst that can happen? I, I always kind of do that almost that disaster planning of, okay, what's the worst that can happen, and then what? Then I need to retake an exam. You know, that, that, that's ultimately, you know, the, the, the worst case scenario. It's rare that anything else would happen. Um, you, know, it, you know, there could be implications for you know, your pay rise or a bonus or something like that. But, you know, it, the world's not ending, you know, because a computer program went a bit wrong and you didn't quite get enough marks to, go, to, to get through. So, yeah, it's kind of rationalise it and then just try and carry on. And I know it's tough. Because, you know, you've just done something, something's gone wrong. Is it going to go wrong again? But if it does, you just have to deal with it again. Okay? And again, logging it afterwards, making sure that the institutes are aware of it, doing the absolute best you can do. And, and what you said, Ben, about, um, you know, if you got, leave the exam, you're not, you're definitely not going to pass. There's, there's a, a lovely phrase, that a lovely um, quote that I heard from, um, I think it's Wayne Gretzky, the ice hockey player. Um, and it, people asked him questions about, you know, you know, when you take a shot at goal, are you kind of, you know, ever scared that you're going to miss? And he rephrases it and he says, well, you score 0% of the shots you don't take. Uh, and I really like that. You know, it doesn't matter what you, you know, you've got a score ratio when you take a shot, but your score ratio is always worse for the shots you don't take. So, you know, always attempt the exam do your best if you don't get through you don't but you know you, you don't stand a chance of passing if you're not going to take the exam just a, a plea from me with that in mind and the anger issue the guys and girls that are invigilating your exam are pretty much exclusively never to blame for an issue with the exam mm -hmm. um with, with that in mind please can i ask students not to take it out on them be polite, be courteous. They genuinely want to help you. They are usually in a very awkward situation themselves that they will be in contact with people back at headquarters with the institutes. They themselves maybe can't fix the problem directly. They're waiting for somebody else to do it remotely. Um, give them the utmost respect and professionalism. We are all professionals. Something that the institutes would take a very dim view at if it came out that you'd really lost your temper and you were rude, you were aggressive to one of the invigilators. Dave, I know you work with the invigilating team in the, the offices there in yeah. Chelmsford. Me and Aaron see the guys in Cambridge and Norwich. They genuinely want students to achieve. They genuinely want to help students. And sometimes their hands are completely tied, aren't they, by issues yeah. with the software and issues with the remote nature of the exams these days. Um, with that in mind, we've had a few questions in the chat box about remote exams. They are an option now for lots of the <laughs> syllabuses, lots of the exams we teach. They themselves have got benefits, but they do present additional challenges. Not worried about the power failure on the overhead lines on the train, Dave, or missing the, the exam because of snow. But there are other issues that can present there. Things like the internet connection at home or wherever you're sitting the exam from. 
we advise students to hardwire in. Um, getting the intention of the invigilator is something I've heard on more than one occasion from students. We just said, put your hand up. In Aaron's case, stand up and keel over to get their attention, whatever you <laughs> want to do to make them aware of your issue or problem. But um, that's much harder if they are on the other end of a computer screen because they are probably not as aware of your presence as they would be if they were in the room. There are software techniques that, that they use to kind of do that, but you need to bear with them, but you need to keep doing it. And you need to make a log if you have genuinely tried to get their attention, do it in the ways that they've advised, Make sure you know in advance of your exam what the protocol is for that, how you do get help. Is there some kind of um, um, on-screen help facility that you need to use? Try to avoid the temptation of reaching for your mobile phone, because that clearly is not in the interest of the exam security, because you shouldn't have access to a mobile phone during your exam. So as frustrating as it is thinking, well, my phone's in the other room, surely I can get on the phone to ACCA. Please do never do that without the permission of the invigilator, because that's not going to be seen as a, a, a fair um, assessment if you do go on and get something submitted from that perspective. Um, any advice on those remote invigilation exams, guys? It's been a while. We, we were doing lots of this during COVID. They are still there. Um, and some students are absolutely loving them. Other students are maybe still reticent to, to move away from the centres. Aaron, have you heard anything from, from students? Yeah, no, I think you can, if you have a good experience once, normally it, it kind of continues. But I think most of the issues, if not all the issues, come from people who haven't tested the software the day, the day or not even the day before, but in advance. Doing it the day before and finding out your laptop isn't doesn't meet the requirements is going to be a bit of a stressful situation. So look at the technical specs, test it out um, and do everything that means you should be less stressed the day before. Um, but yeah, that, those are that's what causes most, if not all, of the issues. Definitely, and making sure that you do the um, testing on the computer that you're actually going to do the exam on. I have certainly heard two or three examples of students that said, "Oh, I did the test, but I did it on a work laptop, and then I was doing the exam at home and did it on my mum or dad's laptop, and it didn't work as well." Um, making sure also, if you are going to do it on a work laptop you have got the IT support of your work covered in advance. Well, I've heard of a number of students that have had to have their work IT department go and release the access to be able to download the exam software. You don't want the stress of that with five minutes to go before your exam schedule to start because you might not be able to get hold of the IT department in enough time to do that. So make sure you've gone through that process in advance with the computer that you're actually going to use for the real exam. Guys, I'm looking at the clock, and as ever, time is getting away from us. Um, Dave, I know you are on a bit of a tight deadline to get away this evening. I've also got to get from the Norwich office to the train station to get my train home. Um, thank you guys for your participation this evening. In the chat box, we've had one of our, our best ever evenings for really constructive questions, support and help for each other. If you're listening to this to the podcast, Hopefully you found the podcast episode useful. We do run the live sessions every Wednesday. So if you want to come along, the Zoom link will be in the, the show notes for the podcast. Come along and see what it's like live. But I appreciate not everybody can make 6 p.m. on a Wednesday. So keep listening to the podcast. Keep downloading. Aaron, thank you so much for giving up some of your evening to come and join us. 
thank you for sharing your own personal insights. I always think it's great. And I know students and listeners love it when people actually share personal experiences, not just anecdotal stuff, but stuff they've actually been through and um, experienced themselves. Dave, any final thoughts from you before you shoot off? I've, I've enjoyed um, hearing Aaron's experiences and we are at this time of year coming up to exams. So I know there's a lot of people that are really, really concerned uh, about things like this. You know, the best advice I can give is to plan. You know, we always talk about planning your studies, but one of the key things is actually planning for that exam day and, you know, giving yourself the time that you need, giving yourself the resources that you need, making sure that you've got everything in place. Then if something goes wrong, it can't be your fault. And, and as a result, manage it as well as you can and then raise any issues that you've got with your relevant, relevant institutes. Excellent. Well, I'm going to wrap up there then and say thank you all for joining live. Thank you for downloading and listening. Please continue to go and download prior episodes. Share the link with other people that you work with or you're socially connected with that are studying or you think would find this useful. And really good luck. I don't want to scare people. Tonight was not about creating paranoia, as I said at the start. It was about going into the exam thinking I am aware of some of the problems and have maybe got some tips for coping with the scenarios that I'm confronted with. Really good luck. I'm sure you'll all do fabulously in your upcoming exams, and we will see you again on the next episode of the Podcast Student Forum. Bye-bye, everybody.